I was ride or die for you. And I had her back as well. And the fact that she's continued to smile in my face while also smiling on FaceTime with you is one of the most god awful, disgusting things I've ever heard of. Why don't you be sorry you ever did it? I regret every moment that I stood up for you, defended you, supported you. You're worth nothing. And I want you to feel that deep in your soul. I want you to hear those words coming from the mouth of the woman that stood by you and loved you and was ready to build the rest of my life around you. Hear my words and know that that's how I feel about you. I regret ever loving you. Any last words before we never speak again? I would have followed you anywhere. I would have changed any part of whatever you were happy with. I was 100% committed to you as of literally two days ago. Hello and welcome to Bravo, Bravo, effing Bravo. Hi, Mariana. Nathan, Nathan, Nathan. I just told Nathan, everyone, this bitch watched it three times. And was it just like revelation on revelation or what was the third viewing like for you? The third viewing was this morning and I wasn't as anxiety filled as the first time. So the first time I watched it, I was tippity typing, right? The second time I watched it, which was straight after, by the way. Oh no. Uh Then I went and watched all the Watch What Happened live clips. Of course. Then I watched it a second time and I'm looking for details in case I missed anything. And this morning I'm like, I'm just going to put it on. And I, (gasps) I wasn't bored. I think it is the best episode of Bravo television Ever. Ever. Very well produced. We were all saying it was the Super Bowl and it mother tuck and delivered. There was no weak scene. None. Now, I want to wow. see an extended cut. This whole, you can get it without the bleeping. We didn't get it. We got the bleeping. I'm very disappointed. I thought for mm. sure we wouldn't get bleeping, but we got bleeped. So I want an extended cut. I'd fucking buy the thing on the DVD. I'd buy a DVD player just to watch it on the DVD. Get me a Blu-ray of this. Oh, a hundred fucking 3D goggles, mate. How good would that be? <laughs> Get James Cameron to avatar it up. Fuck me dead. A hundred. It was so good. I, I started typing notes and then I just said, fuck the notes. I'm just going to watch this bad boy. Yeah. And when it was over, like, I turned to my dog and I said, wow. Wow, Bethany, wow. And he was like, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for the photo of you and Chino watching it. Even he understood the seriousness of it. He just sat on your lap and was quiet. He was wrapped. It's my turn, isn't it? Uh-huh. Oh, my God, bitches. We got eight pages. Let's get through it. <laughs> I mean, it's all valid. I basically wrote every fucking scene out. Like, honestly, I couldn't help myself. It's too delicious. So the episode is called Scandival. What do we think of that? What else could they call it? Exactly. It's perfection, right? Super mm-hmm. comes up on the screen, New York City, March 1st, 2023. The screen like does a little jerky thing and then we go into the Watch What Happens Live episode with Sheena, Rachel and Andy Cohen. Andy asks chills. them who uh, – chills, right? 
Andy yeah. asks them who's the hotter Tom and Rachel says Scandival and we all know it's because she said later because he has abs. Then there's a side-by-side confessional with Ariana and Dickhead One and a producer asks each of them if they're ready to talk about this and they both say no, which we get in unison. Thank you, producers. Mm-hmm. So we cut to Dickhead One on his own saying, two days ago. Rachel was in New York with Sheena doing Watch What Happens Live and my band was in LA at Tom Tom. And while he was performing, his phone fell out of his pocket and someone handed it to Ariana. Cut to Ariana in confessional. She calls it women's intuition and she looked at his phone. I mean, we're rehashing shit we already know, but how can we not? Both of them on FaceTime and her stomach drops to her ass. Nathan, were you waiting for her to say they were both having sex on FaceTime? Because that didn't happen. Well, I think it's quite strongly implied. Yeah. That well, at least Raquel was masturbating. For we all him know on this, FaceTime. but they didn't say it in the episode. Is that like a like a legal thing? Well, I don't know because it's fucking creepy that he would screen record that. I think when you take the affair out of it, you don't screen record someone's masturbating. Well, I mean, have have you not done a sex tape? Well, but it's it's. I don't know, did she consent saying, hey, screen record this? No. She's saying now she didn't consent to it, but I was listening to a potty or an interview or something and apparently someone was saying that when you are screen recorded, you get a notification pop up on your phone. So she yeah, had well, to Yeah, well, she is known. an idiot. She is an idiot. <laughs> we don't know what she knew. But it's creepy and the fact that he's like, oh, I was going to delete it, it's like, well, you you didn't. Why would you take it if you were going to delete it? Ariana told us later that he has a vault app on his phone. He was he wasn't going to delete it. He was going to put it in his vault app. What a scumbag. What a yeah. I just there aren't enough adjectives to express the emotion attached to this. Cuz I was trying to explain this to my partner why I'm obsessed with it. I'm like, look, and I've said this to you before. We've all heard our friends recount stories of relationship breakups and if there's a cheating moment or if there's something that's bad, right? Mm-hmm. How I feel being a fly on the wall watching this is way more extreme of an emotion and how I have ever felt when a friend has recounted a story that I understood to be devastating. And so he's like, so it's anthropological. I'm like, it kind of is. Kind of. Like if you're an actress, you want to watch this to learn how to react in this situation. Mm-hmm. Like it's just it's it's must see TV. Like actor studio hands down. What what do you think of this intuition thing? Like, so do you think it was just genuine woman's intuition? Where did that come from? Okay, well, she did say to Andy on Watch What Happens Live last night that he would be out all the time. He would come home late, and she'd be like, "Where were you? What were you doing?" She'd be like, "Show me your phone," and he'd show her. So previous to that evening she has been suspicious that something was going on. And she said to Andy, I wasn't suspicious that he was having an affair, but I knew that something was going on with him. Like Mm. he was off in their relationship. So she was suspicious that there was something she was out of the loop on. She just didn't expect it was this. I know, but looking back on it now, you're like, well, that's obvious. But in the moment... Not so much. It is obvious. And the thing is, he could have had an emotional affair without having a physical affair and that could have caused her to be just as suspicious. Mm -hmm. Like even Lala said she was shocked that there was a seven-month affair, even though we know from the timestamps on this episode that Lala called it a month after it started. It started, from what we understand, it started in August. 
the scene where she's saying to James, I think Sandoval has a crush on her or whatever she said, that was September. That was a month later, that scene that we saw with her and James and she's sus on him. Mm-hmm. After this woman's intuition we get dickhead one saying I'd normally delete but I was busy and then he says I quickly got us outside so we could talk and in Watch What Happens Live, Ariana said that the night it happened, that it all came out, he was more concerned about having the people in the room not hear what he had done than how she felt. Oh, 100%. You can even tell that now he's more concerned about the narrative. I know. And... The thing is, he is first and foremost a dirty fucking liar, mm. and we've seen that. I mean, Kristen called him the best liar she knows, yeah. and we see that. And when he's saying, oh, I was going to tell her before reunion, all this other crap, it's like, no, you weren't. I'm not believing anything that comes out of his 100%. mouth in regards to what happened when and who with and what's the narrative. I don't trust that little motherfucker. So we cut to Ariana saying that she called Rachel, demanded that she tell her staff and she said we kissed and, of course, Tom admitted that they actually didn't just kiss. They fucked in her car. Now, Oof. I was doing some Googling. He <laughs> said on the show it was the next night after Guy's Night. But from doing some sleuthing, apparently after Guy's Night, Rachel's car was parked at their house. And well, How are you seeing this on Google Earth? As in people are saying they know, like people that were with them or I don't know. Some person out there is giving me information that I want to hear, which is that her car was parked at Tom and Ariana's and so he drove back to the house and then they got in her car and stopped. So he keeps saying it happened the next day, but I think he means three in the morning after guy's night. I don't know. This is just oh, Technically the next day. Correct. It's, it's that night. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dickhead one in this confessional does kind of a mere culpa. Then he fake cries. Oh, the fake crying. Says, I don't think we were happy. I'm just, I can't even, I can't even. So the episode opens two days later with each of them at their houses. It's raining outside. We're setting the scene. We get little clips of them. James is love bombing Ali. Lala's feeding her dog. Dickhead two is watching his dog hump a pillow. And Ariana's at home crying in her mate Meredith's arms and dickhead one is being a total narcissist staring at his own reflection in the mirror. I don't understand. I don't understand. (laughs) So he's in the same house for fuck's sake and we see Ariana, she's sort of revealing that she's already getting over the spell that he's cast on her by saying that he gives her the icks. And she's drinking from a wine bottle that she bought with him nine years ago when they took their first trip to the Napa Valley. And I'm not going to lie, it inspired me and reminded me that we had, my partner and I had a magnum of some really nice red wine. It's like a bottle from 2005. I cracked Uh it open and was drinking it with Ariana. Okay, but that doesn't mean your relationship's in the toilet, does it? (laughs) No, certainly not. It's not a metaphor for your relationship. The fact that it was his bottle and I said, you know that really expensive old bottle of wine that we have? Do you mind if I open it? And he's like, not at all. You should open it. No, he was the best. Solidarity. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, dickhead one walks in the room, asks her if she wants anything from the kitchen and that's when we get the glorious line, for you to die. Perfect. I don't know why I, I did a little southern accent then. I just felt it was necessary. So, and then she asks him how his night at Rachel's was. 
He says he was at Dickhead 2's house, but she claps back and says, well, you were also at his place when you FaceTimed her and recorded it. And that he still has yet to apologise to her for anything. What a dickhead. And I loved how in this whole section, like in the lead up to it, there was that cheery, happy music and then there was no music in the background. It was just like so unsettling and it just really drew attention to how much of a dickhead he is. A hundred percent. It was delicioso. So his response to her is, every time I try, you get more angry because, you know, he's a three-year-old. And Ariana says, good, let me be angry. You should still fucking apologise. Then he apologises, but he doesn't apologise. Picture a two-year-old who's been busted for something like, you know, touching the TV when they're not supposed to. And he's like, sorry, I'm sorry. Like a two-year-old. I didn't want to hurt you. No, you didn't want to get busted. Mm-hmm. And she's like, but you fucked her. Basically, you fucked her full time for seven months. What do you mean you didn't want to hurt me? And then he calls her dude. And I wanted to punch my phone. Dude, <laughs> it happened. But then it didn't happen for a while. And she says, I loved you when you were driving a Honda Civic. There needed to be no more words after that. Yeah, she summed it up perfectly. And she does that whole like, you know, when you had nothing, you had a little bit of money, a little bar, a little band, and then this girl is going to be enamoured with you. I'm like, hashtag facts. Mm -hmm. And she's right. You wanted someone to gas you up. And then perfectly, the girl is searching for identity and men. She nailed it on that one. Nailed it. And I feel like she's also kind of being a friend to him by being honest to him about what he's doing to himself as well as obviously to her. Like, she can't help but be like, what are you thinking, mate? Yeah, it's very embarrassing for him. Oh, yeah. (sighs) It's so sad. Like, you turned 40. Everybody turns 40. Well, hopefully, you know, if you got the chance to turn 40, you're fucking lucky. And it's like it's not that world-ending thing, bro. (laughs) I did turn 40. I didn't know how I would feel when I turned 40. I actually felt Uh better. I felt great. And yeah, I think, yes, those imposed milestone moments, you do take stock. And if you're not happy with your life, guess what the problem is? It's you. Mm. It's how you feel mm-hmm. about yourself. What have I done to contribute positively to my life, to my relationship? If you take stock and go, my relationship sucks, guess what? You're a part of your relationship. You're a part of what sucks. Fix you. It's so fucking Uh obvious. I want to scream. Fix yourself and start with getting some nail polish remover and getting rid of those white fucking nails and grow the fuck up. Fix your body. Fix your face. Seriously. Like, (laughs) 40s amazing people. Let me tell you, you really start the beginning journey of not giving a fuck about what other people think of you and embracing what you like because you're like well I'm 40 for the last 10 years I like to stay home and watch tv guess what I'm saying no to your fucking invites because my priority is staying home and watching tv do you know what I mean like I can't wait for 50 because I think I'm gonna give way less fucks so I'm excited wow a little a little elderly inspo from me to you dickhead one goes on about how him and Rachel became really good friends and that's when she screams Nathan would you like to scream it out I don't give a fuck about fucking Hands across the board, Nathan. That was amazing. And then her next line is, your friendship is bullshit. And this motherfucker screams back at her. No, it's not. 
And then he does that whole, oh, you know everything. You know everything. Read the room. You know how there was that um, rumour that he wanted to get one of the scenes refilmed? Do you think it was this one or do you think it was the train wreck with Raquel later? I think it was this one. You reckon it was this one? Oh, uh, you know what? It could have been both. Because he did not handle this one well. (laughs) He didn't handle the other one well either. No, I think if it was me, I would want to re-record this one. Mm. Or him and Rachel's relationship could have gone poo-poo belly up straight away and so he didn't want to appear like he was... In love with her. Well, just on that, like the thing is, Raquel signed up to be dating a man, like, well, technically not a married man, but signed up to be dating this guy in a long-term relationship. So she can't have a problem if she sees him being careful of her. Well, he's not, but if she sees him exhibiting any sort of affection towards Ariana, because that's what you signed up for when you started fucking a guy who lives with someone. In all like intents and purposes, he is a married man. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Yes, I know what you're saying. There's not a piece of paper. And look, I've been with my partner for 25 years and we're not married. What I used to say is I might not be married, but I still get half. (laughs) In terms of what the majority of people say and do, I'm basically married, but I didn't have a party and get a shit ton of presents. Like, what's the fucking difference? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's the same with them. I ain't washing anyone else's undies. Like, come on, people. So anyway, this dickhead's screaming and he was he's justifying and he's expressing his midlife crisis saying, you know, we had no sex life, I lost my mojo and once I turn 40, I'm like, this can't be the rest of my life. So it's again, what were you investing in this life, dickhead? Like you weren't investing in your life with Ariana, so you ended up with nothing. So he's just gaslighting her saying, the last few months, the amount of times I got an apology from you, really, that's important. And she's like, well, no, the last few months you were already fucking my friend. Exactly. And then he says, you put pressure on me to stay in the relationship. He's a coward. Uh, he's a piece of shit. <sighs> and he says, it's important for you to know that she and I have a deep connection. It's, it's not important for her to know that. <laughs> it's important for you to dig the knife and twist it? Is that what imp- mm-hmm. is important? And then this is where we get the intro that I put at the top of the episode is when she says, I was ride or die for you. I regret every moment I stood up for you, defended you. And I love it when she says, hear my words. Uh-huh. I want you to hear those words coming from the mouth of the woman that fucking stood by you and loved you and was ready to build the rest of my life around you. Hear my words and know that's how I feel about you. (gasps) Chills. Shakespearean theatre chills. He's not listening though. That's the problem. (laughs) He did just then because the gulp that I heard in his throat. Oh, the audible gulp. (laughs) Was palpable. That is when I have seen the first real tears come from that man because he realises what he just lost, which is a ride or die. No one else in his world apart from his mama would forsake themselves for his happiness. I disagree. I don't think he's thinking about that. I think think he's thinking, fuck, she's going to not roll over and let me win this. You reckon? I think this whole time he thought he was still going to come out on top. That's why he was building the narrative of her being cold. And I think because they blew their wad prematurely, it didn't go according to plan, and he's thinking, oh, fuck, in that moment. Now she's setting her own narrative 
And it's going to be the true narrative that everyone's going to latch onto. He's thinking, oh, fuck, I'm doomed. Yeah. What my stance on it is, it's I don't think he realises what he did to her. I think he's realising what he's losing. Basically, I think we're saying the same thing, just in a different way. Because yeah. if anything, what I got from this episode is why the Toms are best friends. And that is they are each so concerned with their own life and well-being that... Yep. They don't have a friend saying, like, you're being a selfish friend because the other one is being equally as selfish. So they're perfect to be friends. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. And then she says, I regret ever loving you. Any last words before we never speak again? I mean, this dickhead, the last words he has is not I'm sorry or anything like that is we had some good times together. (laughs) What a dickhead. What a lahoozer. And then the fucker just walks upstairs. He doesn't even fake walk out the front door. He walks upstairs <laughs> to his little hovel, the one room in the house he's probably confined to now. He's pathetic. And then yep. the next scene, this is what spins me out, is that we go to Dickhead 2's house and he sobs apologetically in Schwartz's arms. How ridiculous. The apology that he should have had to Ariana, he gives it to Dickhead 2. Mm-hmm. And all Schwartzy wants to talk about is the bar and the shitty Yelp reviews. I know the one star on Yelp. <laughs> I did love the. I read them and, and I wanted to just sort of pick the best one. And I think for me the best one was found a cockroach in my pasta, hashtag not about the pasta. I loved that. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and all Schwartzy wants to talk about is how this is going to affect him. He asks Sandoval to post that he wasn't complicit in this. What a narcissist. Regardless of what we all think about Scandoval, your best friend, he's blown up his own life and all you care about is how it affects your personal image and the bar. And the truth is you are complicit. They were fucking at your apartment. Yeah. You are hiding under the cover of being at Schwartz's apartment. You knew that Sandoval would say he's at your house when he was going to be with Rachel. You knew that. You knew that when he was getting his sperm checked. You knew that when you're at the food truck trying to make out like Ariana's a monster. Yeah. You're complicit. You are complicit. And then this fucktard dickhead one says that every time I was going to tell her, I got a vibe that she didn't want to know. I mean, that's so lame. Like, this is 101 in Loserville. If you want to be a loser, watch this episode on how to be a loser. Like, mm-hmm. I understand when Vanderpump later says to him, You're not a bad person, you did a bad thing. And I really should be leaving this to discuss it later. But then I started questioning myself and going, Right, like, if we're going to do a pro con list on being a bad person, what goes on that list? And I'm like, your actions go on that list and we are social creatures and how we treat each other reflects how we all feel about ourselves and how others feel about themselves. So technically, does this make him a bad person? I would venture to say yes. I would say 100%. He's a bad person. He's a piece of shit. He's always been a piece of shit and it's just coming to light. Getting down to the nitty gritty of it and not the theatrical side of our emotions, which I think are completely valid, obviously, duh. But I'm like, 
technically this does, I think it does. Like if you're on a debating team and going, how do I debate what a bad person is? Yeah, how you treat others. What has he done that's good? And I think this qualifies. And I, I'm sure there are people out there saying he's not a murderer, he's not a th- And I'm like, is that the bar that we set? <laughs> is that the bar that we're setting for a bad person so anything below that's acceptable? Like, I don't uh-huh. think that's the yardstick by which we should be measuring bad. I think we, we should lower it a bit. Uh, yeah. So yeah. really, again, with my little anthropological mind, I'm like, these are things we need to consider about how we are as people. We should watch people at their worst and know, I don't want to be that person. Make sure I'm not that person. Is that not why partly what we all get out of watching this? You know, I don't mm-hmm. mean to be all like fucking Maya Angelou about it, but why not, right? So again, he tells Dickhead too about this deep connection when they kissed that night at the Abbey and then nothing happened till Life is Beautiful. Now, I was going to Google when Life is Beautiful Festival happened and I didn't, but whatever. I still, I actually think they're lying about the timeline. Yeah, they're lying. Did I steal one cookie or did I steal two cookies? If I tell you about one, you're not going to ask me about the other two cookies that aren't there. I don't Mm -hmm. believe them. And then, if it couldn't get any worse, Nathan, he says all she had to do was follow me when I said I was going to your house and she would have seen that I wasn't. What an idiot. How do you explain your feelings on hearing that, that he thinks that Ariana, all she had to do if she wanted to know if something was up was leave the home and physically follow me? It makes me think he was never going to tell her. No. You you can't put the onus on her to discover your cheating. It is shocking that these are the wheels that are turning in his mind to justify and or compartmentalize and therefore justify his behavior. Why didn't my spouse just creep around like Scooby-Doo and then mm-hmm. she would see the evil I'm doing? Shame on her. <laughs> like, but how can he say that with a straight face? Because he's a bad person. This is what I'm saying. And, and look, there may have been a time when he wasn't a bad person, but these are the no. roads we go down, people. These are the roads that we as human beings are capable of going down to justify sinister behaviour that in turn turns us into a sinister person. And I know I'm making this a little too serious, but to me this is like going to church, you know. This is like going to therapy for me. This is how mm-hmm. I justify spending Bukuda hours a week watching Bravo. <laughs> so, watch this episode three times. I'll watch this mother- motherfucker three times. My boyfriend, who I normally cook dinner for because he can't cook, had fried eggs for he dinner. He went to bed hungry. He had fried eggs for dinner <laughs> because starving. I did not have time to make him the pesto chicken I was going to make him. And he was fine with it because he understands that having me cook for him is a luxury that he should appreciate, which he does. So don't come for my, like, misogynistic boyfriend. Fuck, I can't cook. (laughs) Then, yeah, Dickhead too is all worried about himself getting – he said he's worried about getting cancelled and he's worried about the bar getting cancelled. Too late. And this Dickhead one walks out and says, yeah, stay off socials. That's his advice for his friend, to stay off (laughs) socials. Wow. I hated this little pity party scene. Hated it. We go to Ariana's. Her mates are there. This is when Sheena comes over. This is when Katie comes over. Sheena's adorable and brings booze and cigarettes. God bless her. What I loved about this next line that Sheena says is that in this world, this is a normal thing to say. 
She says, oh, yeah. it's not like this was a one-time thing. Like, oops, we kissed when we were on acid at Coachella. And I just love the fact that in their world, at the age of almost 40, because, you know, this was my youth and so I'm reliving my youth through them, that it is a normal thing to say that they could have been on acid at Coachella and accidentally kissed. Don't you love that there is a world where that is a normal thing to say? Yeah, and I think she's right. Like, I think if, well, I mean, Ariana apparently knew about Miami Girl and she grew to be fine with that. I think if they had a more of an open discussion and, like, decided on what their rules are for monogamy, I feel like... Ariana's the type of person maybe that as long as she had that emotional connection, mm. it might not have been a big deal if it was a kiss at Coachella. I mean, Lala ate a cookie. Exactly, so exactly. It's not like they're stuck in their traditional like 50s marriage. I agree completely. So I think that if Scandival had enough fucking maturity to have a conversation with her yes. before fucking her best friend, like, you know. They could have had these ongoing conversations and, as you said, they could have decided what monogamy meant to them. Yeah. As you pointed out, everyone can define the relationship how they want it. I completely agree with you, Nathan. Very insightful. I agree. So Katie walks in, her and Sheena, Sheena hands her a drink they call a truce, and this is when Ariana tells them about the FaceTime. Katie and um, Sheena are shooketh. So Katie... Can we just touch on Katie for a second? Mm. Because the look of glee on her face mm. when she realised Schwartz was in it, Katie was having the best day of her life. And she had to, like, sort of cover her face to hide how much she was enjoying this. Do you think she was enjoying it or do you think she was shocked? I think she was fucking relieved. She's ah. like, everyone's seeing the Schwartz for what I'm seeing now. Right. And she is loving it. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Two things can be true. You can be devastated and... Like relief. Oh, yeah, that too. So, yeah, this is when Ariana says that Rachel told her it started the night after girls' trip, i.e. right after her beloved dog died. This is when Rachel said they kissed, but dickhead one told her they banged in her car and he forgot his keys, rang the bell, woke Ariana up and she had to let him in. That's so... Would he have smelt like sex? I don't understand this smell like sex thing because I have to be having sex for many hours for me to smell like sex. But, like, you know, jizz has a smell. Yeah, but don't you mop it up with a tissue and then put your pants on? I mean, but they were in a car. Like, but what if he doesn't have a wet wipe handy? He probably had a condom. Uh, what's he doing with a condom? Well, she should have a condom. Mm. Were they having unprotected sex, do you think? <gasps> well, I think if he's walking around... With a condom in his pocket, that's a bad sign. No, she would be. She's like, if you're a single girl, you're walking around with condoms in your bag. Surely. Well, I don't know. Times have, times have changed. Who knows? After seven months, if they were having unprotected sex for seven months and she's not pregnant. Maybe they were doing the spray and pray. Oh, my God. This is when we find out it's revealed about the Sheena shove. My favourite line of Sheena's yeah. was when she said, it is scientifically impossible for me to form an actual fist because it is so funny. It's so OJ. <laughs> if the glove don't fit, you must acquit. It is. And, like, I just I find that hilarious that she's like, I didn't, I didn't punch her, got nails. Have you not heard that before? No. No, well, the, just the way she said it yes. in this super serious episode where we're all focusing on <laughs> the cheating scandal. She's like, I can't form a fist. <laughs> I obviously listen to a lot of podcasts and watch YouTubes of interviews and she said that 
quite a few times. So it was the but the first time I heard that I cr- I cracked Brilliant. up. I definitely cracked up the first time I heard that. So oh, I'm glad you got that. So look, the only I don't I don't want to say the only necessary bit, but the only sort of through line on on this scene is where Katie reveals that Schwartz made a comment to her at BravoCon about Rachel wearing the Tom Tom jumper and how she was naked underneath, and she was bothered. Obviously, she thought that Rachel was fangirling with Schwartz, and he says the words, "She's not here for me." Trust me. Mm-hmm. Do you believe, Katie, that he said that? Yeah. Me too. I do. And this is when their mate breaks Dickhead One's beloved penis flute. I mean, fabulous. I would have done more than break the penis flute. I'm so glad that that penis flute's going to be dead and buried. I would have got his stuff, put it in a courtyard and put it on fire. This guy likes to spend money on shit. Burn his shit. When Kristen said, let's burn things, I was really thinking they were going to burn things, but then it was affirmations, which ended up being cute, but I really wish they burnt his crap. I really wish they burnt some of his crap, agrad, agrad. So next scene we get to James and Ali. (gasps) Loved this. James, James. Question, even though I've seen this thing three times, this is pretty much the only scene that James is in in this episode, correcto? Uh, Yes. And I'm sorry, he's my MVP for this episode. It's just like how Anthony Hopkins won the Oscar for like 11 minutes of screen time in Silence of the Lambs. It's about impact. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And as they say in RuPaul's Drag Race, like it's not about the part that you get. It's about what you do with the part you get. And James stole the episode for me. I love that he just called her up and she answered. Well, I'm assuming (sighs) a producer set that up. I don't know. Well, I don't know. I would assume because if she's going to be recorded for the show then I'm assuming a producer set that up. So I think she was expecting I was wondering, like, is it illegal to record someone on loudspeaker? But then I thought maybe she signed things away. It depends what state you're in. And she would have already signed a contract to be on the show. I don't believe she wanted to talk to James. I don't believe that they ever would have spoken. And I know that she would expect that James would be like giving giving it to us. So I think it was part of the episode that was part of her contract, whatever, whatever. But I don't believe that anyone knew what he was exactly going to say. About cocky cocks and stinky cocks. <laughs> I mean, and then when he says to her, let's not dilly dally around the bush. You're not the brightest chick. The smartest thing you've ever yeah. done was creep around with Sandoval for seven months, i.e. the smartest thing you were ever able to, to pull off. And that's when he says the best goodbye I've ever heard. He drop kicks her and then goes, bye. Like... <laughs> So good. Everyone covering their mouths so as not to, you know, to muffle their laughing was flawless. The whole thing was perfection. James just made my day. But what I Mm. wanted to say was, remember when Lala says she heard the rumour about Dickhead One and Billy Lee? And, like, that was three seasons (laughs) ago. I think it might be true. I think that's the other girl. When he's with Sheena... I think he's the one that made me believe that that's possibility. I think it was Billy Lee, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's Billy Lee and others. Well, yes, we do think it's others, but I think the other one that Ariana knows about is Billy Lee. But, yeah, the fact that he's like, yeah, I'm going to call her, and then Ali's like, I'm going to the kitchen. Like, she didn't want any part of it because, obviously, it's a James and Raquel connection. But she was listening in. She was holding that fridge door open with, like, her ear craned like the Grinch. I know. Oh, because it was so fucking good. The way that James Kennedy got to strike back at Raquel was phenomenal. 
It's the best strike back ever. It's better than Empire Strike Back. It's so good. And this dumb Muppet says it's eye-opening when he says, like, how do you feel now that you, you know, have lost everyone in LA that ever liked you? I mean, it's just gold. Mm-hmm. I can't thank James enough for that scene. So this is the next scene with Dickhead 1 at Rachel's. And I only have one thing to say. I feel so sorry for that dog, Graham, who's not going to have any more visitors anymore. Graham is collateral damage to me. Like, who's going to come and do a play date for Graham now? Who? Who's going to bring their dog over to play with Graham? This poor kid's not going to have any friends. I don't know what to do. I'm I'm thinking about Graham right now. Where is he? What's he doing? Who's he hanging out with? (laughs) This poor fucking dog. Yeah, I don't know. It's terrible. And did you notice the two stuffed toys on the couch? P.S. They're Squishmallows. Oh, okay. You know, I love a Squishmallow. Is there anything you want to talk about in this scene? Yes. So they do belong in hell. There was conjecture about that. And she's like, I don't think we're going to go to hell. And I was like, well, if there is one, you're there. Yeah. She had a shit-eating grin this whole time. I don't know why she was so jazzed to be on camera. Is she a a psychopath or, sorry, a sociopath? I think she's a sociopath. I think she's stupid and I think she's evil. And I think this whole scene was yuck. I thought it was so embarrassing for her Mm. when she thought he said that he loved her, except he said his family loves her. And she goes, I love you too. I thought he said it too. Well, either way, what a fuckwit to call her out in that moment because I couldn't quite hear it either. Mm, mm. I couldn't hear the they. And he said, oh, I said they love you. And it's like, oh, my God, this is the guy you're risking your whole life and reputation for? This guy who's just thrown you under the bus in this instant? (laughs) So embarrassing. Yeah. And then apparently, well, as per what we see on the show, as soon as she filmed this scene, after that she turned her phone off and disappeared. This is why I thought this might have been the scene that he wanted to redo. Yeah. Because he's sitting on the couch with her and in one breath they're like professing love for each other Mm. and then laughing about it. And then in the other breath she's saying like, of course I know that you could do this to me if you could do this to her. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he's probably thinking, well, shut the fuck up. That's not the narrative we want. Him drawing attention to the scratch on her eyebrow that's not even as long as her eyebrow hairs. Oh, those eyebrows. I couldn't see any scratch over those brows. I know. And then he says that Sheena says, I punched that bitch. This is the whole point of this scene so that he could do this for her. She never said that. No. And then she's laughing and says, oh, yes, she did, but she's laughing and says it hurts. Who's laughing if their body part hurts? Yeah, no, I would be doing the Candace and putting up post-its on the mirror saying, you're fine. A hundred percent. And then she says, I took it like a champ. Is she a maroon? A champ wouldn't sue. Yes. That's the definition of not being a champ. The fact that you sued her. You're not being a champ. And yes, it is your karma that you feel isolated. You should be isolated. I agree. I don't think, well, Sheena, I don't think punched her. I think she pushed her and she scraped her a little bit with mm. the big acrylics. Yeah. Have we seen a lot worse? Yes. yes. Does that justify any violence? Not really, but also I didn't see it, so I'm not making any judgment on it just now. And she says, I only have you, my parents, and my sister. I'm like, bitch, don't you have a brother? Oh. I don't know. I thought that was interesting. I'm pretty sure she's got – and does she have more than one sister? I don't remember because she says sister, so I don't know if she has – I thought she had more than one sister, but I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure she has a brother. Anywho. I don't know that much about this bitch and I don't care to. No, exactly. It's just gross. Do you have anything else you want to talk about that scene? I just don't want to give her life. No, but I am glad 
we have a reunion coming. Oh, 100%. Because I, I do think she needs to be grilled by the whole cast. Oh, fuck yeah. Now, in the real life, you know how she's in this scene, we get the super saying that she turned her phone off and was not seen or heard from for weeks. Yeah. Now, on Watch What Happens Live, because you know how obviously yesterday when the episode was like dropping, we see all over the socials that – Tom and Raquel have broken up, which I don't believe. I think it was just convenient. No. It was a convenient day to do it. And obviously Andy asks Ariana about that fact that it's all a bit sus and she's like, well, I don't know, you know, what to believe because she's like, as of a couple of days ago, she's still sending letters to my house. Yes, yeah, so I don't know if that's evidence of anything really. I mean, because the mail can take a long time. It could be a breakup letter. I wish... I know Ariana's like, it's a crime to read someone else's mail. And I'm like, well, you could have just opened it. It's a crime to admit you've opened up someone's mail. (laughs) Yeah, I would have been reading that shit for sure. Yeah, man, I'd be fucking steaming that over a kettle too sweet. So, yeah, exactly. yeah that, that's how you do it, people. You steam it over a kettle to undo it. Then you put glue on it, put it down, put a tea towel over the top, and then you iron it so that it's not crinkly. Done. Wow. Yeah, man. I'm fucking sneaky. I'm a bad liar, but I'm great at being sneaky. If you need someone to be sneaky, ask me. But I use these for good purposes, not the evil. Next mm-hmm. scene, we're at fucking Jiggy's house, Villa Rosa, with Ariana and LVP. Did Jiggy not pass? Yeah, he did, but it's still Jiggy's house. Oh, okay. I mean, I don't know the new dog's name. What's the new dog's name? I don't know. I don't know. It's fucking Dr. Doolittles, whatever. So Ariana cries in LVP's arms like she's seen her mama bear. That made me really sad. Yeah, I just thought it was a great counterpoint with the scene where Tom comes to see Lisa, how different Lisa was dressed. Yes. <laughs> like once once for like to help commiserate with a friend, once for a funeral. Correct. So it was a bit sad. And I think it's also a good counterpoint to how Ariana's being with her friends. Whereas with LVP, I feel like Ariana felt she could really let go and just be in the moment of how she felt when she admitted Mm -hmm. that she's been leaning into her anger as it's the only thing that's basically keeping her from wanting to vomit. And, of course, LVP asks questions. Ariana doesn't have answers to them. I don't know if I like the fact that in confessional LVP commented that their sex life wasn't great and in comes this irresistible beauty queen. I feel like that's a bit sort of dated thought process. I don't know. Potentially LVP is just trying to justify it. Well, I think that's, LVP is an old lady. Mm. I think we need to remember that. Yeah. And that's probably the narrative that Tom's been feeding her. Yeah. And maybe that is easier for LVP to understand. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But what I did get from this scene was her revealing that she just got a text message from Schwartz that morning. <gasps> did you read the text? Did you pause the screen and read the bullshit text? I didn't type mm, it well, out. Well, no, I'm of a generation where I would just go on Twitter and find it. So I found someone else who took a photo of it. <laughs> I've got, do you want me to read it out? Yes, read it out. Morning, Ariana. And then, and then there's a space and then the full stop with the capital H next. So we can't even get fucking punctuation right. Morning, Ariana. Hopefully you are resting at least a little easier now. <laughs> what, but because he was late? I don't know. I'm not here to make excuses for Tom or justify his actions. Hmm. He confided in me and I told him what he needed to do, sit you down and tell you everything out of respect for everything you guys have built together. I guess he was about to tell you and this all blew up. So that is him making an excuse. And you got humiliated in the worst way possible. I'm not going to try to tell his story. He just did. 
You should jet set somewhere fabulous and just absolutely spoil yourself. Yeah, like sheer decadence. That's his advice. That was the worst. Turn your phone off. I hope you don't have too much ill will towards me. Back to him. Mm. This whole situation is just effed. I don't want to kick my guy when he's down, but my God, the amount of anxiety and backlash I'm getting because of his actions are insane. Anyways, just know I care about you and know you were going to be just fine. What a fucking cop out. I mean, it speaks for itself, doesn't it? Like you almost want to go mic drop in the worst way after that. I have been shocked when I shouldn't be. It's almost as if I'm sitting here with Katie and I'm expressing to her after reading that message how shocked I am and she's just sitting there thinking, I fucking told you people. How many times do I need to – Katie, I almost – I don't want to put the onus on her that potentially she needs lessons in how to get her point across better, but I have been watching this show from day dot and I have not felt more empathy for Katie than I have this season. And it's not Mm -hmm. because of what she's expressing to me. It's what Tom Dickhead Schwartzy – it's what he's expressing to me and the lack of humanness that's in that. The goal of him to make himself the victim. The goal. To Ariana. Okay, I'm not going to lie. You know I love my shishi, but sometimes throughout the season when I've been listening to her podcast or listening to her on other interviews, Sheena expressing how it's affected her. Sometimes I'm like, okay, I get that he's been your friend for 14 years, but you might want to just end the sentence with Ariana a few more times. Like I, right. I've never wanted to say it because I love Mashishi, but a couple of times I'm just like, oh, you're teetering on the line of it's all about you, Sheena. Well, I was thinking that as well, but I think the fact that there were legal proceedings mm. against her sort of does orient Sheena more into the narrative than I would have suspected had she not have had that incident. And also how we find out that after it happened, she was on the phone with Tom. She talks about this later in their scene when she says that he was minimising our friendship, basically like, why do you care so much? And then obviously she's replaying their friendship in her mind and... I get it. Like she is mourning the loss of her friend and that he treated her like that. So I just see Sheena more as being like an audience stand in in this episode. Yeah. Which is why I think like they ended the episode with her going off at Tom because it felt a bit more like less connected than an Ariana going off at Tom or Tom Schwartz being involved or even a James Kennedy being involved because they're also incestuous. Yeah. With her doing it, it was like, yeah, that's our stand in yelling at Tom. I don't disagree. Sheena is a very emotional person and you're right. She is like a stand-in because if I was in her position, like I'm a very emotional person, so I would also be like, it's not about me, but my reaction does include how I feel about my friend. How can it not? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like how can it not be how she feels betrayed by her friend as well? Of course it is. You can't turn those feelings off. But like I said, I, I've kind of felt like that a few times this season and I didn't want to say because they are, her and Tom were friends and it does affect her friendship and, of course, I love her. But comparing her behaviour to Schwartz's behaviour, go for it, Sheena, you're doing just fine. Do you know what I mean? Like him being all about Scandival gaslit me and he said he was going to break up with you. It's like, dude, I just... I can't even with this dickhead. Well, I'd like 
even when we get that scene between Schwartz and Katie and mm. he starts talking about man-eating crocodiles. What? I was like, what the fuck are you going on about? That's basically the next scene, right? And she's yeah. she wants to get to the bottom of when he found out, as you would want to know. He says he found out a month ago and she's like, brings up the Bravo Con comment that he made, which he vehemently denies. And he says Lies. he only knew limited info. And she says, yeah, so you should have got on the right side for once. And that's when he admits he knew about the one-night stand. And it's like, well, the one-night stand was in September. So when you say I only found out a month ago, what you really mean is when I found out about the one-night stand, I was told a month later. It's like, well, so you knew for six, seven months, not one month, dickhead, like – Pull out a calendar if it's necessary. Uh, yes, yes. That's when he goes in to say that he says, I justified by telling myself that, you know, basically Sandoval tried to break up with her multiple times. It's like, again, all you're worried about is your bar and your reputation. This is why Katie is constantly calling him pathetic because he is pathetic. He can't even lie properly. He's so pathetic. Ugh. He can't even grab a Coke from the fridge properly because next minute there's a beer in his hand. I know. What a loser. That made me laugh. And the way he just <laughs> goes, coke, casually goes to her fridge, it's like, you don't live here anymore. You're a guest. <laughs> Act like one. And then we get the next scene, which is at Ariana's with Kristen truth-telling, cheeseball-loving Dodie. I thought it was cute. It's very cute. I was hoping for more explosion with Kristen, but I get this is why what we got. I was hoping for that too, but then I thought this is what we needed. Yes, we needed sort of this, like, girl power, like them two being scorned by the same asshole, and coming, pushing through. How did you feel? Like, when I watched this, I felt like because Kristen doesn't have a dog in the fight, and I hate that phrase because, you know, I love doggies, but I felt like Kristen, this was the first scene where not only did Ariana have a real friend, but obviously someone who is very comfortable to be on camera, unlike the other people that were in the lounge room scenes. It was like someone purely there for Ariana. That's how mm -hmm. I felt about it. Like when she yes. said, when, when Ariana's basically saying like, you know, I defended him against you all this time. And she says, pish about me. I was shocked by that, actually. I felt like out of all of them who have said in the past, they're a work in progress. I've learned from my mistakes. I've matured. I've grown up. I feel like potentially, I don't know, but it's only one scene. But in this scene, I saw a grown up out of Kristen. Yes. I do wish she would have put on a proper pair of shoes, but... I saw her being more mature than I've ever seen her. Correct. And she was just like, thank you for taking this loser dickhead away from me. Like, I should be thanking you. And mm -hmm. she was just so there for Ariana. And it was just really beautiful. It was a nice scene for once. It was like I could breathe, you know? Mm -hmm. And then after that, this is where we get the dickhead one at Villa Rossa. And Lisa is not there to greet him at the door. He has to be escorted in by staff and wait for her to arrive when she's good and ready. <laughs> I don't think Lisa tends to greet people at the door very often, does she? Yeah, the fact that she was there to greet Ariana and yet she's like, dude, I will come to you when I'm ready. Now, do you believe, because the scene is set up where he's like, thank you for agreeing to see me, do you believe that that's true or do you believe that that's bullshit, that of course they're going to meet up in a scene? 
And as a producer, she would have planned that. I think when they said, well, when the producer said, we're putting cameras up, what do we want to see? They said, we want to see the two Dirty Toms. We want to see this couple, this couple. We need to, LVP's our centrepiece. We need to see her with both of them. Yeah. So it's just a matter of logistics. And I think they would have said to LVP, we need you to have a chat with Tom. Exactly. But when he says, thank you for agreeing to meet with me, one of my thing was, well, this was all set up. That's a bullshit comment. Of course you're going to meet up. It was planned, but it's in the, what do you call it, in the call sheet. But then I thought, well, potentially no. Do you think maybe that this dickhead is concerned about his place on the show and wanted to meet with his boss? Maybe. I don't know. Because obviously this puts a spanner in reunion and stuff and he's worried. I think it was very telling when Ariana said, I don't have mutual friends with him. And when she's like, I don't know when she said it, but when she said, like, Tom, if you're his friend, I'm not your friend. Mm, That's after this scene at the rooftop bar. Yeah, but we know that doesn't work as a dynamic for these shows. When you start ultimating and cutting people out, like, that usually backfires against you. But I bet he can be thinking, oh, if she's not going to have any scenes or want a mutual friend, would Lisa be a mutual friend? I can, yeah, see how he'd be worried. Yeah, and that's when he says, you know, we were planning on telling her before a union because we didn't think bullshit. we would not be good people if we got her to defend us at reunion. It's like, are you fucking Which kidding? is what she's been doing for weeks. Yes, exactly. And then, I, I don't know, I'm wondering if he's looking to see if he's going to get fired And then, of course, she's giving him – she's not being mean, but she won't hug him. She's not giving him any, like, room to be vulnerable. So he starts fucking sobbing and and has a fake panic attack. Is he worried about his job and wants sympathy? Yeah. Yep. I mean, and this is when she tells him he's not a bad person. I'm just like, no. You are actually, unfortunately, you are. Then we move to the girls' rooftop bar and I think that all the girls were told to come in black and Ariana comes in in gold looking like fire. And Lala comes in with the merch. Oh, that sent it to Daryl. Love, love. She's quick. I know, right? And so this is the day that Sheena was served with a temporary restraining order. We're reminded that she not only gave Raquel, Rachel, Dickhead 3, a place to live, but she was paying for her apartment. So I'm assuming this is when Sheena and Brock are down in San Diego and she still had her apartment that she was paying for. So she told the loser that she could move in there and this loser didn't even give her any money. So it was either an LA apartment or the Marina Del Rey apartment, either or. She had fucking free rent. I can't, I can't. Anyway, Dickhead 2 walks in, wants to talk to Ariana privately And this is when all he wants to do is gain sympathy, like going on about our business, our business. He apologises. Well, he sort of apologises, but he's just concerned about the business and how it affects him. Yeah. What an idiot. And he's like, you know, we had a family at business. She's like, yeah, he fucked up your family. He didn't give a fuck. What did he think was going to happen? And Dickhead all. I want to look you in the eye and apologise. I'm being painted as a co-conspirator and that's devastating. I have no time for this Schwartz. I thought I didn't like him all season. I hate him now. I've got no time uh-huh. for him, just like you said. That's when Ariana says, I will not have mutual friends with him. We're not friends anymore. And he says, I was always assured that he was handling it. How? How would you have 
been assured of that. He could say that, but then you have eyes, Tom Schwartz. But also, is she an it to be handled? I, I mean that too. He says, I'm not an it. I was his ride or die. And then we get two weeks later, we're at Sheena and Brock's. This is when Tom... Dickhead Scandoval comes over to Sheena's and I thought Brock did it well when he said, it's a tough one you put us in, bro. I'm going to leave you with Sheena and take my kid to the park. I'm like, good boy, Brocky. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Sheena can't look at him without crying. And that's when he apologises to her, especially after Watch What Happens Live. And that's when we get the confessional when Sheena gives us context and says that he acted like our friendship wasn't anything, that I was nothing. And this is when he's revealing he had a midlife crisis, which he stupidly dubs a spiritual awakening and says, I was going to break up with her. Oh, my God. And she's like, but you didn't. You fucked a best friend instead. Sheena nailed it with that. And when she said like, because he, he was trying to like deflect, being like, oh, I tried to break up with her, I tried to break up with her, blah, blah. And then he sort of weaponizes her mental health. Correct. Um, we don't have to say it. We all know what he said. Gross. Yes. Very gross. Yeah, and that's when she's like, well, you're calling the troops, idiot, and you, you we pick up the pieces. She nailed that. She did nail it, and she says, like we're doing now. And she knows the whole point is that he didn't want to drop a bomb unless he could come out unscathed, and he hadn't figured out how that was going to happen yet. And he was never going to figure out how that would happen because it was never going to happen. He didn't want to dump her when her dog died. He didn't want to dump her when her grandmother died. It wasn't about protecting Ariana. It was about making sure that he could dump her and not look like an asshole. It's not possible. I don't even think it was about the deaths in her family. I think it was about cameras rolling. I think after reunion, he was going to dump her. And then next season, then he will start to date Raquel. I don't think he was ever going to admit that there was a seven-month-long affair. No, they were going to wait for the off-air time and then reveal next season that they started seeing each other, which appeared like an appropriate amount of time. Because it doesn't matter yep. to him if Rachel looks like a bitch. It just matters to him if he does. Uh-huh. That's when he admits that it wasn't just Miami girl that he slept with. It was someone else. We're just going to say Billy Lee because that's what we think. Mm-hmm. He says that Ariana knew... And we know that Ariana, I don't, can't remember, I think this is what Shot Happens Live, she said, I knew about Miami girl when he slept with her, he and I weren't exclusive and I wanted to protect him. That's the story. Yes. Isn't that crazy? I think that is also what Tom's worried about is the floodgates opening now that he has lost this defender. I think you said that earlier, but like, yeah, more shit's going to come There out. will be floodgates, especially after all of this. People will come forward and good for them. I hope I hope Miami girl fucking can get on Hoder as well. So you know, <laughs> I love me some Hodes. He says things haven't been good for four or five years and Sheena just claps back then. Why would you buy a house with her? Great point. He calls it a Band-Aid. And he says, how do I end a relationship? And again, he means, how do I end a relationship and still come out clean and looking like a good guy? That's when he says he tried to break up with her and weaponizes her mental health. And she says, yes, you fly in your friends. Sheena has said that they filmed this scene for an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. He was there for an hour and a half. And she just can't do it anymore. She can't stop. And I've got to say, Sheena's like the cutest crier. I honestly felt like she was going to make me cry if I kept watching her cry. So this is it. Dickhead One leaves and we get the reunion trailer that we've all seen. Can't wait. I'm sorry, but when Katie says to Scandoval, she's a cunt and you're a drunk, 
I'm sorry. That's a mic drop for me. I just love it. Living for that. Andy asks Ariana, "Will you stop speaking to Lisa?" And Ariana obviously is emotional and says she knows what's best for her. I kind of love that. I mean, I know it's not going to be true, but I love it. James gets up as if he's going to fight Sandoval. Do you honestly think that he's James is angry enough in this scene that we saw to actually – because he's not a fighter, right? He fights with his words. So for someone who fights with their words, for them to actually get to a point where they get physical, they got to be really fucking angry. They're not getting physical. No, exactly. No, we've had, we've had security on reunion sets for years now. We know what the go is. We know what real anger is and it's not James. We'll see. We obviously haven't seen much of it. We saw a quick little clip, but I just, I don't think it was going to get to that point. But this is when it ends with Andy asking Dickhead One if they're in love. So looking forwards to that now. I'm loving it. And I'm loving how like the ratings have been so good. Of course. Like it was like a season high. Hoda's having to watch it to interview Ariana for God's sake. When does the Hodes watch Vanderpump Rules? It's the best. It's so good. I'm loving this renaissance. Is it a renaissance? Yeah, sure. (laughs) I'm loving it. I'm loving it. And that Uber One Good As Gold remix that you sent, so fucking catchy. It was so bad it was delicious. Even Lala was bad and delicious. Like it wasn't trying to be serious. It was trying to be like totally lum, i.e. lame. That's how I say lame people. I say lum. And... I mean, it was so good. Is there anything else you want to say before we spend two seconds on the Jersey finale? No, just that I'm, I'm loving it so much. It was the best episode of TV. I'm telling you, if you get bored anytime, Almost ever, I think. I know. If you get bored at all and you think, should I watch it again, put it on. You're not going to be bored, I'm yeah. telling you. All right. So, Jersey. Now, the episode is called mm. Flappers of Fury. I just called it Floppers of Flappers. Yeah, the floppers. And I don't think the episode itself is a flop. What I think is this fight between the Gorgas has gone on for so long in our lives that we were so invested in it for so many seasons that I don't believe that I have anything left to give for this. My well of empathy dried up, my well of sympathy then dried up and my well of any kind of care factor dried up. I got nothing left to give the Gorgas. I am physically done and therefore I think the episode's boring when potentially it's not. Yeah, well, I mean, I thought the intro was really good at the party and then they rewound it and then it got to be boring again. And then at the party I was like, okay, but yeah, they lost me because I think Melissa thought she had this mic drop moment Mm. saying that she's known for six months about the rumour. And I'm like, yes, I can see how Teresa might have been trying to plant a seed and get Joe to break up with you. I can see how that all can be true. I can also see you manipulating the moment as well. And when you're both trying to self-produce so much, Mm. you're producing shit is what's happening. You're probably right. And because now Melissa thinks she's got the trump card Mm. being like, I've known six months. And that's why I want to stop being a family with you. And it's like, okay, well, then why were you sad about her not asking you to be a bridesmaid? Why did you care so much about Donna Marco not coming to the wedding if you've cut her out six months ago? Because this, the six months ago is the finale from last season. So everything since then has been a lie then. I think you're right, Nathan. That was the turning point. And the fact that, I mean, Danielle poor little lamb to the slaughter. Like she fell into Jen's plan and Teresa's plan. Like she's a rookie mistake. Yeah. But I'm even thinking like, 
I mean, I don't think any of these people are that Machiavellian and that smart to coordinate all of this. No, certainly not. It's not Game of Thrones. But I can also see, I can see how Melissa wanted this to happen. Mm -hmm. When Danielle pulls her aside and just tries to, you know, like bring it up quietly and then Melissa goes, what? You're coming at me at this party in front of everyone? No one was around. (laughs) She makes it a big deal. Yeah. And then I'm thinking, did they plant this? Did Margaret and the ex-best friend, did Margaret leak something to the ex-best friend so that they would go to Teresa, so that they would go to Jen, so that they would go to Danielle, so that it would come back to Melissa and Melissa can look like a fucking saint? Margie's pretty smart, but I don't think she would be bothered to do all that. I don't think so. I know, but this is what they're coming back with. They're like, you did this, you did this, you did this. I don't care. I don't care who did what. Why didn't we have this conversation in episode one so that we could have a real season of actual reactions and feelings. You've had, as you said, you've had six months to sit on this. Stop acting like you're surprised and give a shit. You've already had all these conversations with your friends on the show off camera. We missed all the conversations that Melissa would have had with Margaret, that Melissa would have had with Dolores about this. They've had, you're right. You're so right, Nathan. Their actual genuine reactions happened off camera six months ago so why should i care and you know what would have been a great scene yeah watching Teresa pull her brother aside and say here's a rumor this is what i'm saying and because melissa made out like that's a horrible thing where it's like well if you were actually cheating on joe i don't think it's crazy for joe's sister to say oh my god joe she's cheating on you (laughs) like i don't think that's crazy the only bit on the show that i took like genuine notes on is when Melissa and Teresa was fighting and it was funny because it was the, look at you, look Look at at you. I thought that was hilarious. I was enjoying that. And then the other bits was Louis having a crazy moment with the crazy eyes. He had Ramona crazy eyes. And then he's bringing up this Bo Deedle, Bo Deedle, which apparently he's a private investigator. But he's lying about it. He's lying about Bo Deedle. Did Bo Deedle say they're not friends? No, Teresa's saying on Watch What Happens Live with Louis in the audience, they're like, oh, we didn't actually hire Bo Deedle. He just said that. Like he's a mate of his. Apparently he's coming to the wedding. It's lo- almost like they're trying to say that Louis didn't hire him. He just asked his mate, hey, I'm going to go on this show. Can you check these people out? First of all, following someone in order to get a photo or to get evidence of them making out with someone or whatever the fuck it, the story is, like that's physical labour. Bo Deedle is not going to spend tens of thousands of dollars to get dirt on people. You're yeah, spending it and there's no receipts. Like, I mean, I know that the affair alleged catching her, Melissa having an affair was one of Marge's friends, so obviously that wasn't the Bo Deedle. I love saying Bo Deedle. It's just all a crock of shit. And this Louis, oh, my God, he fucking makes me laugh. I totally get where you're coming from now. When he's doing the whole, like, I'm a winner thing and I got this far in life because I surrounded myself with successful people, it's like, Where did you get, dude? You're a fucking side character on a reality TV show. Where did you get? He's Uh a crazy person. He's got Ramona crazy eyes. I agree with Melissa when she says to him, what's happening with your eyes? Like, what's going on? Like, this guy's having a – is he having a breakdown? Is he on the drugs? Yeah, possibly. Possibly. I think he is – everything everyone said about Louis is correct. Yeah. 
it's just the problem is I also hate Melissa. So it's like mm. if she also wasn't being a sweaty loser, it would have <laughs> made it more fun to watch this show if it was everyone against Louis. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Or if, like, we could all turn on Teresa, great. But, Melissa, like, oh, what, you're going to sit by a pool yeah. with a wifey necklace with the Envy tumbler pointed towards the camera? There is nothing more <laughs> disappointing than seeing that. A wifey necklace. I didn't even yeah. notice the wifey necklace. I actually thought she looked like she- J-Lo in that scene. I thought she looked ridiculous. <laughs> to, the, to the morning after your affair has been exposed, people are coming for your marriage to put on a necklace that says wifey, it makes me ill. Don't you think it's funny? I think that's funny. It's like, fuck you all. I think it's sad. I think it's bougie kids. She got that necklace from bougie kids. There's <laughs> no style. It's like, do you know what? Like you could be presenting a boring season with repetitive storylines, but give me a little bit of style. And there is no style with that envy tumbler. There's no fashions Ugh. on jersey. Can we just admit that? There's no fashion fashion on the jersey. There's just plastic surgery. And to see flashbacks to their old faces is haunting. I know it is haunting. What do you think of Marge saying the words out loud, Bill slept with a subordinate and Jennifer basically being triggered and having a breakdown sobbing. I thought that uh, Bill was going to have to physically carry Jennifer because she was going to have a sobbing, tanty breakdown. I think Margaret, it it needs a pause. No. I think she's heading into Dorinda territory where she's just Ah, going too low. And, like, when she said to Danielle, like, this is why you don't have a relationship with your brother, it's like... Yeah, that's dark. It's just step off someone's neck. (sighs) Housewives are brilliant at throwing shade and that's why that there is a line not to cross because you're better than that at throwing shade than to go for low-hanging fruit and we don't get to enjoy it when it's low-hanging fruit so I think that's why we say things like you need a timeout because it's like I want to enjoy your shade when Candace fucking said not today neck it was a loser shade and then it became a meme so now Not Today Neck becomes something different for us. I love saying it. I say it all the time. Not Today <laughs> Neck. It doesn't mean what it meant. You people are too good at throwing shade and for us to enjoy it, it has to be funny, not cruel. Well, yeah, it's when Margaret's doing it, it's not shade. It's a full-on eclipse. Like, <laughs> shade's meant to be playful. Well, I, have you heard that they're putting Jersey on pause until – this is the rumour yeah. – that. Until Teresa and Melissa can resolve things because there's no show without the both of them. It's not a one or the other situation. You don't think? That's what I've heard them say. I think the show can survive without Melissa. Yeah, but can it survive without Joe? Joe is such a good character on the show and we know Andy loves Joe Gorga for the show. But there's no lightness about Joe anymore. So it's almost like do you love Joe now or do you love Joe then? And, again, I don't think the audience is invested well certainly I'm not invested in the Gorga family drama anymore it's not going anywhere we're stuck in neutral mm-hmm. there's no other conversation to be had about this family no we've had this convo to death I don't want to have it anymore do you lose both of them or do you just lose Melissa I think you just lose Melissa even though I'm on Melissa's Agreed. side more than I'm on Teresa's side oh yeah I mean I can see Melissa's perspective. I can see it. I can understand it. I can even respect it a little bit. Yeah. But I'm not interested in it. Correct. That's why she's lost me. So can I get your thoughts on when Joe was on the building site of the house, in confessional he says that after the whole confrontation, not confrontation, but when he went to Teresa and Louis' house and Louis was like, 
Melissa's been busted cheating on you. It's been multiple men. Then a couple of days later, he gets a call from Gia who says, we just think that you can do better. Mum does. We all do. Do you think this is why they unfollowed Gia? If it's true. Do you think this is why they unfollowed Gia? Because she called her uncle and said, we think you can do better than your wife of 18 years. But it's the timeline again. Was this six months ago or was this recently? Was this before they wanted to go into a pizza business with the guy that just said that your wife's cheating on you? Or is it after the pizza business? Is it before the baseball (laughs) game where you snubbed your niece and nephew? Like, how can I take your side when you're not even taking your own side in your own battles? You're right, Nathan. There's a lot of stuff that happened not on camera. And as we've said before, if it didn't happen on camera, I don't care. Mm-hmm. You're right. I can't get invested in your story if you're not going to share your story and you're going to give me some half-assed two-second explanation six months down the track. You're right. If all of that was on the show, we'd be rooting for Melissa at reunion. We would. She thought she had a trump card. She thought playing it would be to her benefit. But she I don't know. It too and late. Can Joe do better? I don't know if he can. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, is there anything you want to say about Jersey apart from the fact that next time it's like a spit-off trailer for this wedding that I personally believe Teresa spent a million of her own dollars on and Louis forked out nothing but some napkins? I think it could actually also be a perfect endpoint for Teresa's storyline. This is what I'm thinking. This is why I'm thinking we might not get Jersey very soon. They've put New York on pause for I don't think it was that bad of a season. Like, yeah, it was boring, but. Yeah. It was New York's first bad season and they put it on pause for two years and fired everyone. Big mistake. Yeah. And I think with Jersey, we could end Teresa's storyline with this wedding episode and let that be it. And get some new characters. I wonder if Caroline Manzo would come back if Teresa wasn't on Maybe she doesn't need to. Yeah. The Girls Trip universe exists. If we ever want to dip into some of these ladies again, they can dip out to a a girls trip. I think this could go the way of Dallas. Wow. Because everyone's saying for weeks now they've been saying, oh, we filmed the Jersey reunion, it's dark. Mm. Do we want that? No. No. We want light with our shade, people. This is what we're saying. And if we want actual scandal, we're watching Scandaval. That's <laughs> what, we're getting our cups filled with some real juicy shit over there. Yeah. I don't give a shit about Danielle's brother. I don't give a shit about Margaret living with Lexi. No, I really don't. These outros were bullshit. And I clearly don't give a shit about Jackie and no one does because she did not get a single line of dialogue. Who's Jackie? Exactly. Oh, Evan's wife. Evan's, Evan's wife. wife. Who's Jackie? She was there in that party. Did you see her in the background? Yeah, I guess she was there. I'm sorry, unless Evan's there without a shirt on, what do I care? What do I care? What so, do I care? Hey, we had fun with Jersey while it lasted. Let's say that. The thing is with Jersey, I could go back to the beginning and watch X amount of seasons of that show until I think for me like Caroline Manzo left and then it wasn't Jersey anymore. It was when Teresa mm-hmm. stopped talking to her cousins. It wasn't Jersey anymore. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I think we could definitely do a decent pause on Jersey and no one would be sad. I would love Margaret just popping up on a girl's trip. Oh, yeah. She's good fun. She'd be great fun. Yeah. She'd be great fun. I'd love to see Jen pop up somewhere else. Margaret and Jen, great. Oh, they're not mates though, so we don't really want frenemies to be. Oh, on not the- both of them together. No, but on different ones. Separately, yeah. I'd love Agreed. to see them just recur. I can be done with Teresa. She can go to prison again for all I care. <laughs> Melissa can burn in hell for Throw all rocks. I care as well. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think of the New York trailer? 
I know we don't care about the characters yet, so you've got to give yourself a minute. That's the thing. I started to watch the trailer and it lost my attention 10 seconds in and I didn't finish it. Because you don't know the characters, right? But I do have an issue with it. Even though I'm trying to say, like, give it a minute. My thing is, weren't they making a show about real friends? Isn't that what they said they wanted to do? Yeah, they're meant to be friends. Okay, my potential issue is a lot of the scenes they were showing us was fight, 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 fight. Again, where is the light with the shade? And I'm wondering if it's too polished because these women know the deal on what these shows are. I mean, how can they not? I'm going to try to be open, but I'm wondering if it's all too contrived and there's no organic friendship that I saw in the trailer. I thought it was a bad Mm -hmm. trailer. And if that's supposed to be the best of the best, I don't know how we're going to go, but I'm going to try to be open. I think they know it's a dud and that's why they've announced a St. Bart's trip with, who, who is it? Like the Dukas, Dorinda, Kelly, so Ramona? I wrote, it, I, I wrote it down. Hold on. I wrote down who the new. Kristen Takeman. So we have Sonia, Ramona, Luann, Kelly, Kristen, Dorinda. Who Amazing. would you swap out and who would you swap them with? So would you keep Sonia? Yes, I'd keep her. Would you keep Ramona? Yes. Would you keep Luann? Yes. Would you keep Kelly Ben Simone? Yes. Would you keep Kristen Takeman? I would. Would you keep Dorinda? Yes. So you're happy with the cast? I would have thrown Jill in as well, perhaps. Yeah. I think having someone like Kristen, it's a bit of a joke that she's there, but also we need someone like that. I agree. I think Kristen could be a nice spanner in the works because she doesn't have real friendships with these women, so she's not invested in keeping any sort of peace with them, which is why I think we could have used like a Jules Weinstein, Weinstein. Oh, yeah. Because to be honest, selfishly, I want to know. So after Jules was off the show, she got arrested for having a fight with her then soon-to-be ex-husband and I think that she Uh was like basically punching him and shit. So she got arrested. So her marriage broke down because he was cheating. He kind of – her husband kind of did the same thing that was happening on Miami with the Hocksteins. So I'm just nosy and want to know what happened there. So, I mean, Tinsley has always kept things close to her chest because she's an expert on, you know, the social scene and reality TV in terms of what you say, what you don't say. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think Kristen could be good. Yeah, I think it's a great cast. I mean, Kelly... I don't like Kelly, but, again, she could just be a nut job that I could enjoy. But, yeah, yep. I'm, I'm hoping that Kristen is that thing of going, I don't give a fuck about any of you, so I'm going to actually say what I think. That's what I'm hoping for. So, yeah, we'll see. And the fact that they're going back to St. Bart's, maybe, you know how, like, Jill's not in it? Maybe we're going to get Jill coming back in and going, hi. Hi. How good would that yeah, be? be I'd oh. die. I'd die. <laughs> I would so die. So just back to the the scandal of it all there is a new hula documentary coming out calling the randall scandal love loathing and vanderpump so it's all okay. going to be about the loser that is randall emmett so i'm looking forward to that yeah yeah that's kind of we covered everything that that i had apart from there's some photos of luke from summerhouse and his new girlfriend of like 4 months in a jewelry store looking at engagement rings. So we'll see. We'll see what comes of that. Right. Five months in shopping for wedding rings. So I'm going to page six quickly 
And I do know that someone has taken photos of Scandoval in Austin. He was seen in Texas having dinner with some chick, but I'm pretty sure there were more than just this woman at the mm. table. So what, he can't know people and have dinner? I don't know. Yes, he can't. I personally agree with that, Nathan. I don't think he should be having dinner with people and having actual friends. I'm sure he's paying the bill. So, you know, if people can get a free feed out of him, why not? Yeah. I just want to see if there's anything else. No, that's pretty much it. Sandoval seen at a bar with a mystery woman, blah, blah. And every other article is either Watch What Happens Live stuff we've already discussed or episode stuff we already discussed. So I'm not cool. seeing anything else breaking newsy. So I think we're good, people. Great. All right. Thanks, Mariana. Okay, yeah, everybody hit us up on Insta or Twitter at bravo. And let us know any tea, gossip, speculation. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. 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 <laughs> Bye. Bye, Chino.